Yes, you have convictions about that, but you don't have to treat the other person badly because of your convictions. If your enemy is allergic to shellfish, don't <laughs> give them a Red Lobster gift card. Yes. That seems a little passive aggressive. Hey, are you excited about Santa showing up? And my little four-year-old son just looks straight ahead and says, Santa is a lie of the devil. Welcome to Living Beyond Your Means, where we try to help Christians get beyond talking points and pat answers and engage the world around us the way Jesus did. I'm your host, Brian LaCroix, and I'm joined by my good friend, Josh Latterell. In this episode, we're going to be talking about suggestions for the Christmas season. Sounds exciting. Yes. Can you believe it's that time already, Josh? I can because it just snowed today when we're recording That's right. this. Yeah, it it's did. still in November when we're recording it, but mm-hmm. snow hit the ground for the first time. I thought my Brazilian wife would be disappointed, but uh, she was actually excited, particularly because it held off until now because uh, we've had some early snows in mm-hmm. the previous years. So, right. That is true. Yeah. That's true. I knew it was Christmas season because they had the candy canes out at Walmart. The day after Thanksgiving, uh, Halloween. Oh, so, see, that just irks me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like seasons to have their own thing. I don't mm-hmm. really like people trying to sell Christmas early and early every year. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way. Yeah. Pretty soon it's going to be the day after Labor Day, you know, we'll have right. Christmas decorations out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, but uh, you got big plans for the Christmas season? Or are you uh, going to travel? Or I think we'll probably stay in the area, spend time with family. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to do anything Travely till next year, probably. Cool. Yep. Excellent. Good. Yeah, we're going to kind of stay home. And with the tribe my size, it's almost always easier to have everybody come to us. <laughs> well, the past month or so, we kind of blew through our travel budget. So, oh, we yes. Save back right. up again before there we you go. Yeah. There you go. And uh, things going well for you otherwise, Josh? And work going well and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, it was a nice day. Good weekend and enjoying life. Had some good time with my family over the last week or so. Excellent. Pretty Excellent. good. Are you a football guy? I watch football. I don't follow it, but right. when it's on, I watch it and enjoy it. So you weren't biting your nails at the end of the Minnesota Vikings game? Um, no, I heard they back. won and I was excited for yep. them. Okay. But uh, that's about it. Great. So uh, we're recording this about uh, three or four weeks ahead of time. Here, the World Series just ended. Were you excited that the Astros pulled it off or were you? I literally didn't care who really? won. Really? Wow. No. Yeah. I yep. do have some Astros fans uh, as friends. And mm-hmm. so I guess I was happy for them, happy mm-hmm. that they were happy. Yep. But personally, I had no stake in the outcome whatsoever. Yeah, I actually, this is like the first time in years that I haven't actually watched the World Series because I really like watching the playoffs yeah. and I just wasn't able to get to it this year. So I watched some of it. My mom loves baseball, actually. Oh, really? So she's, she and I have always been sort of baseball buddies. But Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. But it was just, it was fun to watch, but I didn't really care who won. So, which in a way made it even more fun. Awesome. What do you got book-wise going nowadays? Well, I'm nearing the end of my long slog through a short <laughs> book, uh, which is uh, Matt Walsh's, um, what's it called again? Church of Cowards? Yeah, Church of Cowards. Thank you. Yep. Still going strong. I'm excited to sort of give a, a rundown and a wrap up and my thoughts of the whole book at the end of it. Cool. Yeah, haven't had too much time to read lately or get into anything new, but- uh-huh. The other big thing that happened in my life is uh, Elon Musk bought Twitter. I saw that. Yes, it did go through. <laughs> didn't, 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 didn't affect me personally at all. But <laughs> the, the, the best co- comment I've heard so far is that uh, 
Twitter's always been terrible and frustrating, and now it's terrible and frustrating and hilarious. I see. <laughs> okay. It is fascinating, like awesome. all of the different takes on that and mm-hmm. and the conversations happening. And I don't know. I've, I've never been a Twitter guy, and suddenly mm-hmm. I'm a Twitter guy just because oh, cool. it's, it's one of those things that's happening in the world. It's really unique to see what somebody's bringing fresh ideas and a lot of money and a bunch of engineers to Mm -hmm. this platform. And, um, you know, I can agree with Elon Musk or disagree with him on different things, but, uh, you can't Mm -hmm. really ignore him. He's one of those guys that is for, for better or worse, he's making waves in the world and be somebody that shapes our, our world for a long time to come in a bunch of different ways. And it's pretty interesting. So yeah. Awesome. I'd pay attention to that. You? All right, I finished my my two big books that I've been working through, Not In It To Win It and um, Truth Over Drive, uh, which uh, those of you who've listened to the podcast for a while, especially the last two weeks, know that we interviewed one of the authors of that book. And uh, if you haven't read it yet, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Get it today. Putting it on my list. Yeah, uh, I, it's a great book. I'm about to start a, a restart, a biography of Martin Luther King Jr., uh, that I picked up at uh, the Martin Luther King Jr. Museum in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, when my wife and I were there a few years ago. And uh, it's just time for me to get that thing out and get it done. You know, it's, I've started it a couple of times, and he was obviously a major player in the history of the United States. And without guys like him, who loved Jesus, loved justice, and was willing to literally take the bullets for the cause he believed in, it's worth reading. So, uh, And he's a life worth studying so i'm looking forward to that it's gonna be good very cool is a big book or uh um not not horrifically mi- big. middling size yeah i'd say middle inside that's good all right cool. say. yeah yep good good well uh this episode is scheduled for the first week in december and so we want to give you just some thoughts on ways to tangibly make the holiday season easier and more enjoyable for the people you interact with so not necessarily easier for you but easier for the people that um you bump into during the holiday season. I try to bump into as few people as possible during yeah, the holiday season. Yeah, it can get awkward. Yeah, yep. especially during, you know, yep. Black Friday and oh, man. rubbing shoulders with crazy yes. people looking for deals and yep. carrying giant TVs. <laughs> yeah. Not comfortable I, I for me. I couldn't do that. Yeah, no. I, I could never do the Black Friday thing, um, you know, getting up at three or four in the morning and getting in line. My sons would do it just to do it. I don't even know if they really wanted anything there. They just, Want to be part of that? I, the atmosphere. I think I did it once with really? some brothers for some crazy deal on <laughs> either TV or video game system or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not my thing, though, generally. No. Uh, the store I work at will be open Black Friday, but we're opening at nine, which is what we always do. So it's not a, uh, uh, we're not opening any special hours for Black Friday. And thank you, Lord, for that. Nobody's camping outside the night <clears throat> before to get the best deal on a new mattress? No, I don't think so. Okay. You know, you never know. That's not our plan anyway. So, and this is just stuff. Uh, we're going to go through a list of things that I think would be helpful for all of us. And I wanted to base this stuff on a passage of scripture that I think uh, wouldn't you wouldn't call it a Christmas passage of scripture necessarily. Uh, it's one that's good for any time of life. But here it is: Romans twelve two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is: His good, pleasing and perfect will. And I really want to focus on the first part of that, do not conform to the pattern of this world. And as we go through these things here, you're just going to kind of, you can almost kind of think, 
he's telling me this because this is not what the world does. So if we can do these things, we'll stand out and hopefully shine the light of Jesus. So, uh, Josh, I just have a list of things. These are just suggestions, and we're just going to go through these. They're not in any specific order. And just feel free to interact with me on these and even suggest some. And uh, maybe we'll get through the whole list. Maybe we won't. So uh, we don't want to keep our listeners too late. But uh, these are, I think these are just practical things that hopefully you can keep in mind as you get as you go through the season. All right. All right. Ready? Hit me. Okay. The first one is tip even more generously than you were before. Now, hopefully you're already tipping generously because that's the right thing to do when somebody waits on you. It's one of my little soap boxes here. I think you should tip in minimum of 15%, even for lousy service. And if you don't, then talk to the manager, you know, if you if they have lousy service, but I, I like to tip 20% or more because they work their tails off. These servers do. So, so tip even more generously at Christmas time, give them 25, give them 30, tip the bill. You know, just to double whatever the order was. And I'm not saying you have to do that every time. But, you know, sometimes if, if you got some extra, you'll make their day. And maybe give them a gift card to a local coffee house or something. And if they're a single parent and you know it, slip them some cash that's not part of their tip. Just hand them some money. Well, that would so, definitely make an impression. Oh, yeah, it would. Because a lot of these people, especially single parents, they need help getting Christmas presents for their kids and and maybe even just putting gas in the car so they can go to their parents' home so their kids can see grandma and grandpa, you know? And I just tell you, I've been on the receiving ends of those kind of things. And when you hand somebody a wad of cash with no strings, you just say, hey, Merry Christmas, you know? That does something to somebody. And they'll remember you probably the rest of their lives and you have, may just have opened the door to being able to share Jesus with them someday. But even if it doesn't, you're blessing somebody and that already is loving and that is not the pattern of this world. So be extremely kind to your servers. Be generous. Secondly, speak kindly to sales associates. If you're at the store and they run out of the sweater that you were hoping to get for your uncle uh, Ed, you don't scream at the cashier for that because they don't control the inventory. And it's not up to them whether they're out of the sweater or not. They're just facing the wrath of everybody who's upset about it. And it's that's not right. And especially Christians have no business doing that any time of the year. But you don't scream at these people. It's not their fault. Or something goes wrong with the cash register or the computer they're working on. If something goes wrong. You don't jump all over them about that. You say, hey, you know what? I get it. You know, my computers act up sometimes or wow. That makes for a rough day, doesn't it? Wow. Boy, take your time. You know, you give them space and you let them do what they need to do because that's not the pattern of the world. The pattern of the world screams at these people and it's not their problem. It's not their fault. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's hard to find people to work these days and you might be talking to somebody who just got hired and is still in training. Or Absolutely. Somebody's juggling three, three jobs because somebody quit. You just don't know what's going on. And so it's important any time of the year, but especially during Christmas, I think, to remember to be charitable and, mm -hmm. and, and kind to people. Charitable is a good word, Josh. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, because uh, they're dealing with bigger crowds, uh, more hostile crowds. And they don't need you to be to add to that. Really, you just really don't. 
and don't go online and mm-hmm. like make a big deal and call mm-hmm. people out by name on mm-hmm. your Facebook page or group. Yes. We've got a group in, in our town and you might <laughs> as well, where people are just ranting about stuff. Mm-hmm. They go out mm-hmm. of their way to tell everybody what a terrible they experience they had with this or that person mm-hmm. at this or that store. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes that's just not right. There's a place right. for constructive criticism, but if they haven't, you know, actually tried to get their issue solved and decided to go and just make a stink about it online because that mm-hmm. made them feel better. Yeah. That's the wrong way to deal with exactly. that situation. Exactly. And I'm, yeah, I'm disappointed that I see so many self identified Christians mm-hmm. going and doing that mm-hmm. exact thing. Right. Right. Yeah. And cause that's not the scriptural way to handle that kind of stuff, Mm-mm. you know? So, uh, and in case you don't know what that is, you talk to the person first. And if that doesn't work, then you ask to see a manager, but you do it kindly. We're going to discuss that in a minute. But um, there are ways to do it that don't make you look like a jerk. So, because I remember, you know, we don't need jerks for Jesus. In fact, you know, Josh, I was just thinking we we should have T-shirts made. So when when the uh, Living Beyond Your Memes podcast merch store opens up, that'll be the first offering we we do. I like it. No jerks for Jesus. Okay. Anyway, don't demand discounts. Don't demand upgrades. Don't demand to speak to the manager. That's not to say that you couldn't ask for a discount or right. ask if there is a discount right. or an upgrade mm-hmm. or politely ask if you could talk to a manager about something. Right. But don't yes. demand. demand. Is that what you're saying? Yes, because demanding comes from a sense of entitlement. And if you want to get extremely theological about something, you don't deserve that. You're not entitled to anything but hell. You know, if we can get super drastic for a moment, we deserve hell. Don't you know who I am? That's Don't right. Don't you know how important <laughs> I am in this town? Don't you know the customer's always oh, right? Oh, I know. And it, oh, that turks me off when I see Christians do that because that's not the model of Jesus. Yes, it's okay to ask for a discount. It's okay to ask for upgrades. It's okay to ask to speak to the manager, especially if you want to compliment the person who's been helping you. That's actually really fun. Yes. Call somebody and say, hey, that person just did a really great job. They deserve a raise. Yes. I've never had that kind of service here ever. And it's always been great service, but that person raised the bar, you know. But when you demand, it's a sense of entitlement and it has no business in the life of a Christian. So, all right. So, don't be a demanding Mandy, Mander, demander. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> don't even know what that is. I don't either. Don't be a demander. <laughs> okay. It almost sounds like don't be a pet dander. I don't know. All right. Next thing. Don't get into silly arguments with people about whether you should say Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays or Merry Xmas or whatever. That's a stupid and foolish argument. And you're just going to make yourself look stupid. So I just, yes, you have convictions about that. Yes, you have strong opinions about that, but you don't have to treat the other person badly because of your convictions. They're trying to be nice. They may not be allowed to say what you want them to say. They might not be allowed to say Merry Christmas. And that's not on them. That's on the the establishment. And if a worker is just doing their job and they wish you happy holidays, say thank you very much. Don't say Merry Christmas. Yeah. It's Merry Christmas, dang it. Yeah. Or, oh, there you go, taking the Christ out of Christmas again. Uh, it's like, no, 
they probably honestly want to wish you that you have a happy holiday season and take that as a, a genuine wish for your happiness during the season and reflect that back. Yep. Thank you very much. And Merry Christmas to you. If you want to say Merry Christmas, I don't care. They don't care. Just say it, but don't be a jerk about it. You know, wish them well. You know, so don't get into those arguments on Facebook or at the store or whatever. Just, it's just not there. And it's the pattern of the world to argue about these things. It's not the pattern of scripture. It's not the pattern of Jesus. So, okay, coming down the list even more. Ooh, here's one. Give generously and anonymously to local charities providing gifts for the needy. And I stress anonymously. The reason I stress that so much is because Jesus, during the Sermon on the Mount, talked about how the Pharisees and the teachers of the law would give their charity just to be seen so that people would applaud them. And Jesus said, well, they've received their word, their reward in full. They would even wear jangly, noisy clothes so that yeah. they would get more attention yeah. from the crowd. Yes. I think that's crazy. Yeah. And, and they would like call attention to themselves. Look, see what I'm doing here. And you don't need to do that. Give anonymously. I bet we'd be the same people that would give and then post it to their social media feed. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and change their profile photo so everybody knew that they supported this charity <laughs> during the holidays. Right. What do you think? Well, and, and even if they don't, but you know how some places, if you give a large donation for something, they put your name on the wall with the amount that you gave. You know, I, I guess I'm not sure where I stand with that, but it should be cool. Every now and again, I'll see one of those and it just says anonymous and the amount they gave. And I think that is cool. Jesus said to, you know, give in such a way that your left hand doesn't know what your right is doing. You know, so we just need to be... You know, we can be generous and anonymous. And I also think that if you're going to give gifts for the needy, that you give new stuff, not your cast-offs. Now, we donate stuff to the Salvation Army once in a while. But I mean, if I see somebody who needs something, I'm going to buy them something new, you know, or it's not something that I've just worn and can't use anymore and it's all dirty and stained. But I want to get them something that says I recognize their worth as a human not as a cast off, only worthy of my cast offs, but give generously and anonymously. You know, we have a great Salvation Army here in our town and, uh, you know, it'd be great if some Christian here, um, I don't know if I know they're around and maybe one of you will hear this. If you were to just throw a really huge donation to the Salvation Army over and above what they were expecting and whether it was cash or a cashier's check or a money order, uh, or even, you know, write a check, but just with specific instructions for them not to tell who gave this money, you know, and see what that would do. Brian, I just want you to know that I give a huge anonymous gift to <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I donate money every year to the Girl Scouts. Of course, they give me cookies for it too. So, so I guess it's not really a donation, right? The way the prices are going up on those things, it sure feels like it. Yeah. Anyway, you're, you're donating to Girl Scouts and, Jenny Craig, right? Right. Is that? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, if you're an employer, be as generous as you can with Christmas bonuses, time off for family or whatever. And I say as generous as you can, because I'm assuming that if you're a follower of Jesus, that generosity is part of who you should be anyway. I'm not saying you got to give them multi jillions of dollars, but, you know, just something that says, I appreciate the work you do for us all year long. I you mean, know. if you can, yeah, then yeah, absolutely. But we know times are tough. We know people yep. are 
having to pinch pennies and cost of gro- cost mm-hmm. is going up yep. of everything. So yep. it's going to be a little bit harder to try to make some of those bonuses work. You might not be able to give quite as much as you'd like to, mm-hmm. but yep. do your best. Absolutely do your best. And I just believe that if you do that in order to bless them and honor Christ, I think he will honor that. I think you'll find that, that uh, he more than makes up for what you're doing from this. So be a great boss all year round, but especially Christmas time. You know, and if, and if uh, one of your employees comes in and says, you know, I just found out that my mom's going to be in town. You know, is there any way I can get that day off? Boy, if there's any way to give it to him, do it. And again, I'm not saying willy-nilly, but if there's any way that you can help somebody like that, that goes a long way and it builds loyalty um, among your your staff because they'll see that you're going to try to uh, try to help them out. Here's another thing. Adopt a family from your church and or work. Adopt a family from your church and or work to bring presents and a meal or invite them to your house for Christmas and then shower them generously with gifts. Don't invite them to your house just for a meal. Invite them over and give them gifts. That's next level, man. It is. And I think, uh, well, let me go back to just the whole generosity thing here. There was a Christmas for us years ago and, and, um, it was during an ugly, ugly, ugly time in our life financially. And I mentioned it a few weeks ago when I mentioned how our laundry had been stolen from a laundromat here in town and how a number of years ago, I would have just really panicked. And during the same time, we had no money for Christmas gifts. We had three young children at the time. And I got to be careful because I tear up when I do that, when I talk about this. Um, and we just didn't know if we'd even be able to do anything for our kids. We were so poor. And then one day, a guy from our church showed up with a bag full of presents and food. And my kids got Christmas presents that year. And we just, to this day, we, we, we still tear up when we think about this. And my daughter, one of the things she got was this little thing she calls a zither. Um, it's kind of a little tiny harpsichord thing <laughs> just a little trapezoidal shaped box with straight with metal strings across it like a little guitar without a neck or something she has that to this day and that was close to 30 years ago and she has that just as a reminder of how god provided for that christmas that year people from our church gave gifts so that my family could have a christmas and i Still pray for God's blessing on those people who did that. And uh, you'll never know what that can do for somebody's family. All right, moving along. Here's something that is kind of a touchy area, a touchy spot in, in our area, in our town here. I say, give to the panhandlers. I don't always do it, but at Christmas time, they're standing out there and, you know, and, and I've heard all the arguments. The argument I keep hearing is if they're able to stand outside all day long, they can have a job. And all sorts of these arguments. But my daughter, Danielle, brought up something a while back that I keep in mind is that we don't know why they're panhandling. We don't know why they're in that position where they feel that that's the best way for them to earn money. It could be that they have a disability where they cannot hold a full-time job or what we would call a regular job. It could be that there's some trauma in their past that doesn't allow them to do that thing or there maybe is a, a physical disability. We don't know. We're assuming that they don't know. No, I also know that there is at least one ministry in this town who has approached many of these people and said, hey, we're willing to help you long term. 
and to not only get money, but to have jobs, to handle your money in a way, et cetera, et cetera. And that gets turned down a lot, I know. But um, I can't assume that that's the case for every one of them. So I'm trying to make it my goal this year, this Christmas season, to just have some cash on hand. So when I see it, I can give it to them and I'll just let the Lord sort it out with them, whether they really needed it or not, whether they could have had a job or not. And we'll see what the Lord does with that. I don't know. Also be aware of what services are available in your community. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you have a little extra time to go and not just give somebody a bit of cash, but stop and chat and say, hey, do you need some help? Mm -hmm. Um, And know where to direct them. Mm -hmm. And that could maybe give you some insight as to what they're actually struggling with. Or if they are just sort of doing it for because it's an easy way to get money. Mm Because there are people Mm -hmm. that do that. Oh, absolutely. Even, you know, people that live in the same town or that just Mm -hmm. drive from town to town. and, Mm -hmm. and No question. You know, put on their dirty clothes and ask for money and then drive to the next town. Mm-hmm. That does happen. It does. And I believe it happens here. I and think it, so. And, and that unfortunately hurts the people who are genuinely in need. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But one way, if you're concerned about that, to to deal with that is just to go up and talk, ask, first of all, what services are in your town, know where to direct people if they need a food box or if they need a place to stay for the night or something like that, and then actually be able to provide that or connect that person mm-hmm. to those services uh, if they actually need them. Right. Good point. Good so, point. And sometimes that can go, and not not that you can't also give money, right. but that could go a lot further in helping that person sure. with what they need. And it could be that they're new to our town and they would rather not be doing this, but they are unaware of what can happen or what, what help is available. And um, so what I, I guess my main point there is don't assume they're all lazy bums who can't hold a, a real job. Some of them are. But don't assume they all are. So give to the panhandlers. Here's another one. This might be even harder. Bless your enemy with a gift or a card. Or as we've talked before, our opponents. You know, that's a, that is definitely not the pattern of the world. <laughs> but if you can see the person as a real human being who is made in the image of God and for whom Jesus died, you might know that they love Red Rooster coffee. And you know what? $25 gift certificate to the Red Rooster would just be a blessing to them. And that might open the doors someday to even better discussion. I've got a caution for you, though. Okay. If your enemy is allergic to shellfish, don't <laughs> give them a Red Lobster gift card. That That is true. Yes. That seems a little passive aggressive and right. <laughs> maybe not in the spirit of, of what uh, you're talking about. Very Brian. true. Yes, yes. I, I would hope that most people would have gotten that part figured out, Josh. But of course, I'm not going to assume that either. But, uh, you know, uh, yes. But um, just imagine what it could do to a relationship where you say, you know what? I know we don't get along. I know we don't agree on things, but I know you love coffee. You know, and I want to bless you for Christmas. Here you go. Or you find out their favorite restaurant, you know, and you get them a gift card that is big enough so that they can take their significant other to a nice dinner at that place. I just think that would be go a long way to showing the love of Jesus to somebody um, who may not see it in you, you know, because of your disagreements. But you're saying you're going out of your way to say, I just want to bless you with this. So, okay, so back to another practical thing. Eat out during non-rush times. 
Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I try to do that anyway. Yeah. So if you're going to go to lunch, go at 11 or go at one or two or three. Go when it's not so busy and they're not so hectic and they're running their little tails off trying to get everybody uh, served and just take it easy on them. Then you can relax and enjoy your meal. They're not trying to get you in and out of the door so fast and it's just not so hectic Uh, and, and that will bless them. And while you're at it, order from the menu for crying out loud. Don't go in saying, I know the boss and this is what I want. I know it's not on the menu, but he says I can have it. And this is what I want. Or I read this on the internet, this right. secret menu, and right. I want you to make it for me. Right. And I know there's 50 people behind me at the line here at Starbucks, but I don't care. I want my thing. And Merry Christmas for crying out loud. <laughs> or Happy Holidays. Right. And, uh, you know, maybe this is a might seem nitpicky, but, you know, the servers are trained on the menu. And just order from the menu. <laughs> if you don't like what they serve, go somewhere else. You know, don't go in and show them how important you think you are. Just get it from the menu. You know, so, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, but it can really make it somebody's day if they're not having to try to find a supervisor who can approve something uh, that's not on the menu and they've got other customers waiting to be served, but they've got to go back and forth to get you satisfied because you're too good to eat what they're regularly offering. I would say there could be an exception to this. I have a, a buddy of mine that eats out at a couple of places for lunch fairly regularly. Mm-hmm. And he does have some custom requests, mm-hmm. usually just because of whatever for he's doing for his health and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, they see him coming in like, don't you want, you know, this with that <laughs> on it and this on the side and I'll get that right out for you. And you bet. I mean, that's. Well, that's cool. That's right. if you have that sort of relationship. It that's is one and, thing. And he took the time to make that relationship work. And my guess is that he doesn't go in there and demanding all no. this thing. They and they're just happy to see him. Right. They're not. Right. They're not like, oh no, this guy again. Right. Right. And uh, and I used to be a server. Some people would come in. It's exactly what it was. Not that guy again. Oh man. And it's worse if you call yourself a Christian loudly. You know, if if you proclaim your faith in Jesus and you're a jerk. Um, nobody wants to serve you. So, and this is gluten free. Do you know what they say? A little leaven leavens a whole loaf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. It's so my attempt to make it as Christian. you can yeah. order them off the menu. And then, yes, I know there's, there's health concerns, all that sort of stuff. But if you're going to have to do that stuff, go during a non-rush time. Okay. All right. Now, a lot of this stuff, just to be honest with you, just might seem small and bitty, but this stuff adds up. And you can really go to a long way and bless a lot of people if you'll just take these things into account. All right. We are getting close to uh, getting down to here. Pray for your pastors. Just do that. This is a busy time for them, too. Um, They're trying to come up with messages that um, aren't the same old, same old. They're trying to teach people the word of God. And Christmas is a busy time for them. And more people come to church on Christmas and Easter than any other time of the year. And so they're trying to make sure that they are speaking in ways that draw people to Christ and invite those of us who are already followers into a deeper relationship with him and a deeper appreciation for what Jesus did for us on Christmas. Pray for them. And you should pray for them any day. Anyway, but boy, Christmas is a busy time for pastors. So, so pray for them. 
Here's another thing. Don't look down on how others celebrate the holiday. Some Christians and some Christian families still do the Santa thing. And you know, I used to really just be all uptight about that. And now I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's just a, it's just a Christmas tradition, you know, and it's totally meaningless. And I'm assuming that there might be little kids listening to this, so I'm not going to spoil anything. But um, some, some Christians still do Santa. Don't look down on what they eat for their Christmas meal. Uh, my mother-in-law's family did tacos for Christmas. It wasn't turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing. That was Thanksgiving meal. I want to go to her house for Christmas. Yes, well, can't anymore. Oh. She's passed on, but that's probably what we'll do for Christmas. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Yeah. In heaven. We'll, yes, meet up, yes. we'll all meet up for Christmas tacos in heaven. Yes, and she does a great job. Bless her heart. She was wonderful. Don't look down on what other people wear for the holidays. You know, just because you wouldn't wear that doesn't mean they shouldn't wear that. Or what they watch for TV, for what they watch for Christmas. Okay, so um, let's go back to the Santa thing for a second. For a while, and as my children, my children were very young, we bought into the whole Santa is evil thing. And basically, it's what we told our kids, you know, that kids believe in Santa, you know, but Jesus is the one who gives us the gifts and, you know, and things like that. And But we did not communicate very well how other people don't do that in their own, and, and they believe in Santa and things like this. Well, one day. <laughs> kids don't have nuance. No. I went through this as a kid myself. <laughs> I've got stories. So my, I'm at work one day and my four-year-old son, who is now 30, comes to visit me at the store. And one of the ladies at the front, trying to be a really nice person, said, hey, are you excited about Santa showing up? And my little four-year-old son just looks straight ahead and says, Santa is a lie of the devil. <laughs> and oh, I, no. I heard this from my desk. I'm like, <gasps> Oh my goodness. And my, my poor coworker is embarrassed and my, you know, but little noble, he didn't know, you know, he just, he was just spouting the truth. You know, I mean, I mean, not the truth, but truth is, you knew it. And I mean, like you said, no nuance, no filters, nothing. Well, after they left, my coworker comes to me and she says, boy, you sure got him brainwashed. Don't you? Well, then I took offense to that. And I just said, Hey, if I lie to him about Santa, what's he going to think when I tell him about Jesus? You know? And, um, but there are other ways to handle that situation. Yeah. You know. My my parents, I think, believed somewhat along the same lines. And I think they did a pretty good job of at least trying to explain, you know, the difference between the way certain people do Christmas, the mm -hmm. way our family's chosen to do Christmas. Mm -hmm. But most of that as a kid just kind of goes in one ear out the other. So you got to be real careful because, uh, you, you know, you never know it's going to come out of your kid's oh, mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then your kid you comes home with a black eye because he told he told this other kid that there's no such thing as Santa. <laughs> so, or uh, a lie of the devil. Right. Right. But like looking down at what other people watch. Okay. So I've got some Christmas movies that are required watching in my home every year for Christmas. So one is a Christmas story. That's if no other movie gets watched. During the entire year, that one is a must. And then uh, another one we have to watch is Ernest Saves Christmas. I mean, I no, mean that's, that's pretty good. That's a great I remember movie. That. Yep, yep. Yeah. And then, of course, the other required movie at our house after the kids are in bed is Die Hard. Die Hard. I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's almost sacrilegious to not watch Die Hard I on know. Christmas at this point. I know. Well, did you ever watch the Muppet Christmas Carol I on love Christmas? It. Do you? Yes. Yeah. I like the Muppet movies. That's so. funny. I don't mind it, but I, I do know there are some folks in my life that would watch it religiously. Oh, really? And uh, I would 
I would make it about half, you know, after I'd seen it for 10, you know, 10 times, I'd kind of start to snooze off halfway yeah. through. I couldn't make it all the way, but yeah. yeah, we'll try to see other movies like Elf, you know, Elf was a fun movie. And, oh, that's good. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, that, that, um, that minor Christmas movie, it's a wonderful life with Jimmy Stewart and Donna Reed, you know, it's, I love that movie actually. Mm-hmm. So. As long as you're not watching slasher films on Christmas right. or something like that, right. probably. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. So I save those for Halloween. <laughs> Actually, no, I've never, I've never seen any of the Halloween Nightmare movies. Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? I have never seen it, so I don't really? know. No. Oh. I, it's just never appealed to me just looking at the advertisements. I just don't know why. Just, I'm probably more likely to watch it now than I have. Just, I don't know. Have mm-hmm. you seen it? It's an, I, I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's certainly a, a masterpiece of stop motion animation. Oh, and, cool. Um, well, it's not CGI. No, oh no, no, oh, no! I mean, this is all just for stop motion. It's pretty kind of like Chicken Run, sort of, I guess. Yeah. Chicken Run's a great movie. Okay. <laughs> you I do remember it? that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, totally different style, but yeah, yes. okay, yeah. stop motion <laughs> animation, claymation, okay. whatever you want to call it. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's 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 really well done. It's I'm not I wouldn't say that that's the other thing I would seek out on a regular basis, but I do appreciate the the artistry behind it. We'll there say. you go. But I may watch it just for that. Then that'll there be good. Go. Uh, we're just a couple more things here. First of all, or next, be gracious and generous with your coworkers' requests for you to cover their shifts, especially if they have family coming from out of the area. You know, uh, most of us have jobs where we have coworkers, and it may be that, you know, like, like for instance, I'm not going anywhere for Christmas. I'm going to be in town, and I don't have any family coming to visit me as far as I know. But if one of my coworkers says, hey, you know, I've got somebody coming in from out of town, is there a way you could cover my shift? I personally have no reason at this point to say no to that. And it shows, you know, hey, I'm willing to cover that for you. Go be with your family. You know, I'm going to be with my family. And, uh, but if you can do that for them, if you can, you know, and it just, it's generous. Shovel or snowblow the sidewalk of your neighbors or elderly congregation members. What if somebody in our worldwide audience uh, doesn't have snow on Christmas? Um, Warmer climates, for instance. That's true. Um, uh, trim, trim their palm trees for them. Oh, great. Something like that. I like you know, it. Yeah. Their hedges or something, mm-hmm. you know. Blow the sand off of their front right. porch. Or get some snow and dump it on their sidewalk and then <laughs> shovel it. <Huh. laughs> um, so, all right. And then lastly, invite people to church and offer to pick them up. Don't just say, hey, you should come to church one of these Sundays. Say, hey, we've got a special service this weekend. We'd love to have you there. Would you like to come and we'll pick you up and we'll take you out to lunch afterwards? You know, just a way that says, you know, I know you're not a church person, but we've got a special service going on. We'd love to have you there and we'd love to treat you for lunch afterwards. So, Josh, anything else that just jumps out of you? This is a pretty random list. I know that, but these are things that I think of throughout the Christmas season that I try to do. I'd like to hear what suggestions other people might have yes maybe we can throw them on uh, uh the next episode or maybe mm-hmm. the next christmas podcast as right. it comes around and yeah and share some of those because i bet. think these are great ideas just a way to think about how to show the love of god in different ways mm-hmm. especially during christmas around christmas when people are more likely than average at least to be thinking somewhat even vaguely about spiritual things and mm-hmm. possibly more open to a conversation who knows right well, and another way to, to summarize this is don't put a barrier in front of Jesus, and, you know, for other people to come. And when you're a jerk and when you're a snob, when you're an entitled person, when you look down on people, when you a demander, when you do all this stuff, you put up barriers. 
And that is not our job. Our job is to tear down barriers and invite people to a life-giving life with Jesus. Do we have any uh, Chuck Norris jokes? Yes. If you don't, I have one for you, actually. Okay. Yep. Um, Since 1940, I don't know if you know this, the year Chuck Norris was born, roundhouse kick-related deaths have increased 13,000%. No surprise. No. No. Didn't think that would be a shocker. All right. There you go. Thanks, Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. Merry Christmas to you, sir. Let's close off with just this. It's easy to get get caught up in the hustle of the holiday. And the people you interact with, especially in retail, hospitality, and food service industries, are preparing themselves to deal with impatient, demanding, and angry people. Folks, be the exception. Make it your goal to be the friendliest, most patient, and generous person they come across this season. It's called displaying the fruit of the Spirit. It's called displaying the love of Jesus. It's called going against the grain of what everyone else does. Our passage that we looked at at the beginning, do not conform to the pattern of this world. Be the exception because any dead fish can swim downstream. It takes intentional effort to do things differently in a way that reflects well on you and more importantly, reflects well on Jesus. So, Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Living Beyond Your Memes is a production of Truth Love Media and Discipleship DNA. Editing by EC Productions. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get in touch with Brian LaCroix at discipleshipdna.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you in the next episode.